Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Bucks trounced the Knicks in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, so why is everyone so worried about them again? Also, the Heisman finalists are set, and two come from the soon-to-be-defunct Pac-12, plus the over-under of head coach vacancies this NFL offseason is six and a half. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. For all the kvetching about what has gone wrong for the Milwaukee Bucks this season, they are now 15-6 and six after dispensing with the New York Knicks in the in-season tournament quarterfinals, a 146 to 122 win. Giannis Antetokounmpo has 35 and 10 in just 34 minutes. Camille Davis from Locked On Bucks joins me now. And Camille, this is a Bucks team that looks very different from the one that we're used to seeing in Milwaukee. But this was the game where you go, oh, this is what they can be. And this is why they trade for somebody like Damian Lillard. As you mentioned, the Bucs over the last few years under Bud, we've known them as a defensive first team. So it's taking some time, I think, to adjust to this new identity that the Bucs team has, which is just being ridiculous on offense. Let's not forget the fact that the Knicks entered into this game being the third best defense in the league, 109 defensive rating. The Bucs entered in as the fourth best offense with 118 offensive rating. So you knew with the two styles that something was bound to crack here. And tonight that was the Knicks defense. Yeah. And, and it cracked because the Bucs shot the cover off the ball, but they also got consistently good looks. They, they probed the defense. Giannis able to slither around Mitchell Robinson, which is not an easy thing to do given the, all of all the arms and the legs involved there. What 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 did they find in this game that they haven't had consistently in these other games where from quarters one through three, they look so disjointed? Big thing in this game, honestly, is the three-point shooting. Now, you don't expect the Bucs to shoot 60% from three <laughs> in every game, but one thing you can no. look at is the quality of the shots, right? A lot of the looks were open. The gravity that Giannis and Dame have been able to create uh, for their teammates has been profound. And you saw it in this game where guys are knocking down the shots. They were 61% from three in this game. Meanwhile, the Knicks only shot 30% from three, which helps when, you know, you get beat in the paint by 10, like the Bucs did tonight. When you get beat at the free throw line, like the Bucs did tonight with the Knicks scoring 29 points at the free throw line, the Bucks only being able to get 13 there, which is slightly unusual with Damon Giannis as a superstar pairing here. But again, making 23 threes can definitely erase some of those problems. Yeah, and the, the free throw line in the paint, that's where you expect the Bucks to have an advantage every night when you have Giannis and Tedekumbo. And yet Julius Randle was on a heater in this game, which was the exact opposite of what happened the last time these two teams played, where he could not hit the broad side of the Pfizer Forum in that game. There is, Camille, to my to my eye, something that can be really valuable about these games from Milwaukee because they're getting tested in, I guess we're going to call them high leverage moments. The players seem to amp up the intensity a little bit here, but the stakes, this is not a playoff game. It's not a playoff series. We talked about this with John Corrales and the Celtics yesterday. It seems like their performance in the in-season tournament could be the kind of thing that propels them through the rest of the season because they're being tested and will continue to be tested in Again, what we're going to call high leverage moments. 
I don't think it's unfair to call it a high leverage moment. I mean, even from the very first in season tournament game, Dane mentioned like something feels different. Mm. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but it feels different. And as the tournament has continued to go on and people are getting more clear about what the stakes are, what's necessary for them to be able to advance. And now that we're in this knockout round, this is a win or you're, you know, you're back at home. And these guys want to go to Vegas. They want to win a half a million dollars. They want the honor of just being able to say, hey, we got it first. And with a team like this, where the Bucks, where it's a lot of new pieces coming together this season, right? And you're seeing them trying to figure out a lot of different things. Being able to perform well in these end-season tournament games, I think is going to continue to do wonders for this team's chemistry. So their communication as they keep building and figuring out what this team is going to be. How much of that is proof of concept? Just like, hey, if we're going to be an offense first team, let's score 146 points and win these games like this. And by the way, they're playing the Pacers next up in a game between two of the best offenses in the league where the last time these two teams played, it was 124-126. Giannis had a 50-burger on the Pacers, but Indiana came back to win. If you're going to win with offense, this is the team to go show, hey, we can win with offense. And that's why Thursday should be so much fun, especially with that Vegas environment. Really curious to see what that looks like. But yeah, we're going to have two really high-powered offensive teams going at one another. I don't know how the Pacers can really stop Giannis, and we saw that in their first matchup. Still have the same question, so I would expect another big game from Giannis. But his gravity should also be able to create for his teammates like we saw tonight. And I think that's the part of the game for the Bucs as they continue to develop where Dame and Giannis, we know they're the heads of the snake. They're going to get the most shots, but they also look to get their teammates involved. Giannis had 10 assists tonight. Dame had seven. Chris had seven. So they're looking to move the ball around and use their gravity. And I think when you're trying to be an offensive first team, it's important to get everybody involved. Like B's getting 10 threes up tonight. That's that's a good night for B's. He had 15 the other night as well, and they look for him. So I think that's part of them getting this offense together. Stay up to date all year on the Milwaukee Bucks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bucks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Heisman finalists are set and two of them are from the Pac-12, but neither of those two are the Pac-12 winner from last year. Sure, we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life. But let's talk for just a minute about preparing for tough situations. Whether you're on an extended travel or bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical and their life-saving antibiotics, plus a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one-year supply. Jace Medical has the Jace case, a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be given to you from a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than it is now. Go to jacemedical.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. A matchup of top 10 teams in the men's college basketball world punctuated the sports lineup on Thursday night. 
Tuesday night inside the world's most famous arena, a banged up UConn team reminded us yet again why they're absolutely capable of repeating as national champs, while North Carolina has some work to do to reach that same elite level. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade, the host of Locked on Tar Heels. The hot take from this game is going to be people trashing North Carolina's defense and that they got exposed. But the truth of the matter is that this is about UConn's offensive balance and efficiency. For example, the Tar Heels did a great job on Donovan Klingon, but meanwhile, four other Huskies reached double digits in scoring. For Carolina's side offensively, RJ Davis continues to be an absolute dude. His fourth straight game of 25 plus points, he's made 33 straight free throws. And Harrison Ingram chipped in 20 points for the Tar Heels, but they just didn't get enough offensively from Armando Baycott or Cormac Ryan. They're gonna need to figure that out and they've got 11 days to do so before facing off with Kentucky in the CBS Sports Classic. Aaron Rodgers wants everyone to know he likes Zach Wilson and that the leaks coming from inside the New York organization must stop. Guess he's doing his best best version of Jack Nicholson in The Departed. Speaking on the Pat McAfee show, Rodgers said, that's a problem with the organization. We need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately because there's no place in a winning culture where, and this isn't the only time, there's been a bunch of other leaks. Rodgers took aim at the report in The Athletic that stated Wilson would be reluctant to take back the starting role as he thought it would be a health risk. While Rodgers spent time building up Wilson's character, he made no attempt to deny that Wilson felt the way the report said. So his problem wasn't that the report was wrong. It wasn't. It was that someone in the organization would tell a reporter the truth. In Shohei Otani news, yeah, not much of that, is there? Well, he got a glimpse of a leak in an otherwise tightly guarded free agency. Los Angeles Dodgers manager Dave Roberts acknowledged that his team met with Otani for two or three hours a few days ago. Clearly, Shohei's our top priority, Roberts told reporters at winter meetings in Nashville. Just about every member of a major league front office for any team has denied or deflected any communication with Otani. The entire process has felt like a top secret mission. I don't know why. We all know this is happening. It was reported that shortly after Robert's media session ended, the Dodgers manager received a text that caused his mood to stiffen and he spent time huddled with Dodgers PR. It appeared he had said too much. The waiting game for Otani continues. Here is another story you need to know. The Pac-12 may soon be no more, but for the moment, they make up half of the four Heisman Trophy finalists. Oregon quarterback Bo Nix and Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., each who could be hearing their name called very early in 2024's NFL draft from the Pac-12. And Caleb Williams, last year's winner, not even in the final four here. Spencer McLaughlin from Locked On Pac-12 and Locked On Ducks joins me now. And Spencer, what do you think the chances are that the Pac-12 comes out of this with the Heisman Trophy winner two years in a row? I think they're pretty slim. You know, Penix at one point in time was the betting favorite. Bo Nix, one point in time was the betting favorite, but that has switched in a big way to Jaden Daniels, and there's a reason. And that's that, you know, Michael Penix's play over the last two months of the season, he came up big when he needed to in the Pac-12 championship game. He played like the Heisman caliber quarterback that he was for most of the season. I think the narrative slid away from him over the final few weeks of the regular season. The numbers that he put up, he did not play his best football week in and week out. And Jaden Daniels' numbers are, are just absolutely gaudy. I mean, a guy who has thrown for was it almost 4,000 yards and rushed for over 1,000 yards as well? I mean, running for 1,000 yards as a running back is a great accomplishment. And 
you know, I think both these guys are, are worthy of being in the ceremony, happy for, for both of them. I bumped into them at the Pac-12 championship game, and they're just outstanding individuals. And, you know, I, I think they both earn the right to be there. I, I don't expect either one to have his name called when, when they announce the Heisman Trophy because, you know, I think the, the individual performance fell off for Penix and Oregon losing the Pac-12 championship game. That sealed Bo Nix's fate in the Heisman as well. I'd love to be wrong because I think those guys are just so great and, and have been so great and so important for their teams, but I'm not expecting either one to have their name called. What about the the team component to this, though? And I know that this is not a team award, but over the course of the history of the Heisman Trophy, winning has mattered in a lot of cases. Like rarely do we see uh, the Heisman Trophy winner come from a middling or even just kind of good team. Now, that's not going to be the case no matter what here because we've got four players who are coming from quality LSU teams. is pretty middling I will say okay but you know a, a, a ranked team not not in the college football playoff though and that's the difference and I think that's that's for a lot of people this is that's what this is going to come down to like why for someone like Bonix or Michael Penix and by the way they just had their matchup and Michael Penix won it um in large part because of how he played why, why for a player whose games mattered more and who play whose play got his team to the college football playoff, why does that stuff not matter more in, a, in an equation like this? Well, I, I think the SEC component is certainly there, and we've seen the Heisman Trophy work against people out west uh, numerous times before. Stanford's had three runner-ups, uh, runners-up in the Heisman, and you know one of them, Christian McCaffrey, should have won back in 2015. I think if this was 2015, Penix probably would be the Heisman winner. But actually, in the last few years, the award has seemed to shift towards the best individual player and taking into account, but not fully regarding, or solely regarding, rather, team performance as a differentiating factor. You look at Caleb Williams last year, his team didn't win the Pac-12. He still won because his numbers were so spectacularly good. And, you know, Oregon being led by Bo Nix into the playoff, yeah, that would have been a contributing factor, but does he have the numbers to overcome that loss? No, I, I don't think so. When you look at what Daniels has done this year, and I think you look at a player like Devontae Smith. Yeah, his team went on to win the national championship in, in 2020, but that felt like the the Heisman voters shifting towards the, the actual spirit of the award. And I, I'm just frustrated with it because of the lack of consistency. I, I am still, I am a Pac-12 guy. I am an Oregon fan. I am forever going to be mad that Derrick Henry won the Heisman. It's absolutely preposterous that he won that award. He was rewarded for having the better team compared to the one Christian McCaffrey played on, though Stanford was very, very good that year. They demolished Iowa in the Rose Bowl. But there hasn't been consistency with this. It's Sometimes it's about your team success, and then other times it is not, and your individual stats can overcome it, and there's no consistent standard along those lines so you know that that's why i'm uh, frustrated with it at some level and if i had to pick one way i would want it to go to the best individual player in all of college football it to me it is hard to separate best individual from what the team has done and you look at Jaden daniels who i think is an incredible player and if i needed a quarterback in this upcoming draft he would absolutely be a guy that i would be targeting but they played four ranked opponents they went one and three in those games and only only really one of them in, in terms of the three losses was close even. And so that that to me matters as well. Just just 
a little bit at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it it certainly contributes, but I don't I don't think it's as important now in the eyes of the Heisman voters, at least the way the betting odds look, than than, than individual statistics and individual performance. And you know, we're not we're not choosing a college football playoff team here. Did you want to open that can of worms while we're at it? <laughs> I, I think that we're looking at who the best individual player is, who's the most outstanding player. Jaden Daniels will, will be the, the 2023 Heisman Trophy recipient. Stay up to date on what's next in the Pac-12 by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Pac-12 on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, just how many head coaching jobs will be open this offseason in the NFL? We're into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also a lot of weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. Victor Wembenyama heads north to face the red-hot Minnesota Timberwolves. How hot are the Wolves, you ask? FanDuel has them as 12-point favorites over the Spurs. Also, Wembenyama's over-under on points set at 19.5. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout, same-game parlays, a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Being a head coach in the NFL isn't for the faint of heart. Job security just doesn't exist for 99% of them. So how many vacancies could there be this offseason? Locked on NFL hosts Ross Jackson and Luke Braun weigh in. And to kick everything off, Luke, there were five head coaching positions open last year. Mm -hmm. I believe very strongly that there will be more than five open after this season. So I prepared a little over-under for you, my friend. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Six and a half. Over or under the number of head coaching jobs that will be open after the 2023 season. So I feel like if you go, we we have the the Billy B graceful retirement that's actually a firing, but we say we'll let you go out on you know with your with with dignity. You have your Mike Vrabel thing, you have your Brandon Staley thing, and two of those NFC South teams, we did it, and we don't that's even seven. have to yeah, worry yeah, right. about. Including uh, Carolina and, and Las Vegas. Sorry, that would be seven. Including Carolina and Las Vegas. So then then that's our, our seven, and we did the over here. Coaching churn is part of the NFL. We see it every year, four, five, six, seven coaches end up changing over. What makes this offseason different is there isn't some deep bench of guys ready to take over. You look around the league, and usually it's the offensive coordinator from one of these great offenses. Well, we know in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan drives the boat. And in Kansas City, Andy Reid. And in Miami, it's Mike McDaniel. And in Green Bay, it's Matt LaFleur. So do you want to take the non-play calling offensive coordinator and elevate him to head coach? Maybe. Didn't work out for Denver with Nathaniel Hackett. And it's not working out great in New York with Nathaniel Hackett either. Ben Johnson in Detroit is really the only candidate who qualifies. You could add Bobby Slowick in Houston, but he was working at Pro Football Focus like five minutes ago. He's going to be the next head coach for your team, and we just don't do it really with defensive coaches the same kind of way. Plus, the Vic Fangio tree that had taken over the league, well, it hasn't gone great for a lot of those coaches who aren't Vic Fangio. So where do you turn? Brian Flores in Minnesota, former head coach, is one place I would look. But other than that, 
college? Is this the year multiple college coaches get poached? I don't know if I were one of these middle or bottom tier teams that's going to have a job opening, someone who does not have an appealing situation, what I would want to do if I can't get a Ben Johnson. And you don't want to just be stuck with a coach you don't want because the options aren't great, but at the same time, the options aren't great. So there are going to be a lot of teams making really difficult decisions and going, okay, well, we don't love our guy. But this isn't like dating where you can break up with someone who you're not right for and then just be single. You can't have an NFL team without a head coach. You can't just be single in the NFL. They have to hire someone. The thing is, I don't see a huge roster of guys who look desirable to hire. And that could inform what ultimately happens with people losing or keeping their jobs. You may look around and just go, I don't see anybody better. Let's ride this out for another year and then figure it all out. And finally, Ron DeSantis wants to sue for Florida State missing the college football playoffs. He wants it so much, he put a million-dollar provision in the proposed budget for the state of Florida. Never mind that the college football playoff takes place long before the budget will be ratified. Taxpayers are now being asked to foot the bill for a college football team's play. Florida, a magical place. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, what's next in the NBA's in-season tournament? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports Today.